My name is Kyle, and I'm here on our unnamed podcast, which we'll figure out a title about eventually, sometime, someday. This is a, a podcast from Hope Nomad. As, that we're here, we are together today, talking about some of the values we have as a church. Today, our topic is community, and I've got two lovely leaders here today. Would you guys quickly, quickly introduce yourselves, name, and uh, what's your favorite thing about our church so far? That's, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Um, Bianca, you can go first. So I'm Bianca, and my favorite thing about our church so far is, well, I don't want, I feel like this is a cop-out, but my favorite thing about it is our community. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just feel like, you know, we've already got good relationships going, and we're going to keep building more of that. So I think that's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And how are you, Ariana? Hi. Okay, so my name is Ariana, and I think... My favorite thing so far about Hope Nomad is how new it is. It feels like we've been tasked with taking care of this little baby together and protecting it and guarding it and helping it grow. And when it cries, trying to figure out what it wants. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really like taking care of something so new together. Mm. That makes some sense. That makes good sense. And once again, I'm Kyle. Let's see. What's my favorite thing? Um, I think my favorite thing is our willingness to to be to try something new so our flexibility and ingenuity combined i think that's really fun um okay so as i said earlier we're going to talk about community today we're going to chat about what does it mean to be a community why why does a church care about community um do we care about being a community at all what does a church what does it mean to be a community and like all those sorts of things and then also what does this mean for our church um but um first let me let me just ask and you guys can jump in as you see fit um what would you, what are some experiences you've had? Like what's one really positive experience you've had in a community space um, that you would like to see replicate, like to be replicated in our community? And what's one experience that you're like, oh God, like I don't want to see that ever that we can like learn from? I think what I love most about healthy communities that I really value is when people are able to take the time to understand each other and especially in difficult times and times that may be just hard to emotionally understand or just something that is unfamiliar to you, taking the time to understand all the aspects of that situation and really be able to work through it rather than getting scared and running away from it, which is something I have experienced in unhealthy communities that I have ended up having to leave. How, how, like Bianca, how have you experienced, like, like, could you have like a story or like an example, of, like how you experienced like um, people who were not willing to engage with stuff because they were kind of afraid of it or things like that? I, uh, this is a previous church that I was involved in and I was in that community for a number of years and it really did feel like a home for me. But as I grew in my spiritual faith and just who I was as a person, I just noticed there were a lot of things that were holding that community back and they were not willing to bend on those things, such as they had an instance in the church where somebody was getting divorced and that was just a huge shocker for them and they didn't know how to deal with it. And it unfortunately was a situation of there was abuse in the marriage and there was just a because the woman was the one being abused and was also the one filing for divorce, they completely shut her out because divorce was such a big no-no for them. They weren't even looking at the abuse aspect or making sure that mm. that person was being emotionally taken care of. And 
it was, it just seems so like such an opposing view to who I feel like God is. And it just really boggled my mind that they weren't willing to look past what they knew, which was just marriages working out or whatever. And they weren't willing to see someone hurting and they weren't willing to explore that further. I just think that when something is unfamiliar to you, your first reaction should not be to run away from it. I think it's that you need to get to the heart of what is this unfamiliar territory and kind of respond from there. You know, it's so fascinating because as I was listening to Bianca share, and then as I was thinking back through experiences, I was trying to think of, you know, what's one healthy community and then what's one unhealthy community. And I really feel like every community I've been in has both in it. And thinking about one of the most unhealthy experiences that comes to mind was high school. I didn't fit the mold of the youth group. I was very new to the community. So I was kind of like on the outskirts. I didn't have like a lot of street cred, so to say, in that um, youth group. And it was quite small. There was like maybe 20 of us on a really good Sunday. And I remember specifically, I mean, I'm 25 and I still think back to a Christmas party when I was like 15 years old and we had these two double wide trailers that were our youth group room. Um, I remember walking outside during the party thinking, I know that they, that they aren't really my community right now, because if I walk outside, no one's going to find me for the next hour. Like no one's even going to come looking for me or wonder about me. And that's when I knew like they weren't actually there for me at that moment. And I sat down on the stairs behind the youth room and I just like cried, but I really felt like I experienced a part of God I'd never experienced before because I literally was sitting there watching the light across the street chain from like green to red to yellow, green to red to yellow. And I felt like Jesus like walked up like behind the trailer and sat down next to me and was like, yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, and it was just like a really lovely experience. That that reminds me of the, um, the 99, like the, the passage of the 99, like God, like God seeks out the 99, right? Uh, the one, you know, um, I, I think, I think that is something that I really want to jump on to where, um, I think it's really easy for us to say, okay, our experience in a community is binary. It's either bad or good. Right. And I think that's just not, I think there's many other options on the table. Um, one thing, just two things that come to my mind too, is I can really remember um, a point in my life where I was in university and I was on a, the, our executive team trying to plan our outreach events for the, uh, in the, for the fall. And I can remember, um, um, two moments, right? Like one was we're trying to plan the, the things for the fall. And I'm, I, I, everyone in the, the team is, uh, white except for me and this other girl named Alice. Right. And Alice and I are sitting there and we both look at each other and we realize these plans, our goal explicitly was to reach out to all, everyone. That was our stated goal. Um, and we're the only two non-white people on this team. And we say, and, and both of us bring up like, hey, like if you're trying to reach everybody, these events like um, like showing off your Patagonia are not necessarily the best things for everybody. Can we figure out other ways to reach other people that are still fun and interesting and good, right? Um, and uh, we were shut down. We were ultimately shut down. People didn't didn't really see us or hear us in those moments, um, except for one guy who stood up maybe a couple minutes later and was like, "Hey, like you know what? Like we just ignored everything they said," and they're um, and 
all there's we're one group in this room we're all white we're all saying this and they're not white and they're saying this and we ignored them like we have to listen to them and i can remember me and alice looking at each other and basically internally crying we were like oh my god i can't believe this dude did this for us um and that was like one of the most amazing moments in community like ever but in the, i can remember on the drive home talking with one of the other guys and just being so hurt and, and like disappointed as he was just like i don't understand why we're doing this that's that's the that's the community i was a part of we had troubles with racism and prejudice we had problems with privilege right we had problems with with lack around lacking of things around prayer and um understanding of the holy spirit but we also had incredible discipleship and strong strong small groups and we really got to do some excellent things we reached lots of the campus um and both those things were true so i i think i think i really love what both of you guys said in that space but especially the the part that it's not um it's not going to be a perfect space um yeah so let, let, let's let's move a little bit then like what is what is the ideal space then? Like, what would be a community? What is community? What would it be if we could get there? What would that look like? Um, so I have this fun story I want to read you guys that I have in my notes here. Um, just like paint you guys a picture of the first community. <laughs> so one afternoon before anything was made, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit sat around in the unity of their Godhead, discussing one of the Father's fixations. From all eternity, it seems, he had this thing about being. He would keep thinking up all kinds of unnecessary things, new ways of being, new kinds of beings to be. And as they talked, God the Son suddenly said, really? This is absolutely great stuff. Why don't I go out and mix up a batch? <laughs> and God the Holy Spirit said, terrific, I'll help you. So they all pitched in and after supper that night, the Son and the Holy Spirit put on this tremendous show of being for the Father. It was full of water and light and frogs, pine cones kept dropping all over the place, and crazy fish swam around in their wine glasses. There were mushrooms and mastodons, grapes and geese, tornadoes and tigers, and men and women everywhere to taste them, to juggle them, and to join them, and to love them. And God the Father looked at the whole wild party and said, Wonderful! Just what I had in mind! Tove! 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 And all God the Son and God the Holy Spirit could think of to say was the same thing. Tove! 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 So they shouted together, Tove! And they laughed for ages and ages, saying things like how great it was for beings to be, and how clever of the Father to think of the idea, how kind of the Son to go through all the trouble of putting it together, and how considerate of the Spirit to spend so much time directing and choreographing. And forever and ever, they told old jokes about the Father and the Son drinking their wine and unitate spiritus sancti and threw ripe olives and pickled mushrooms at each other per omnia secula seculorum. Amen. And this is a story from Robert Capone from The Third Peacock. I don't actually know the book. Um, but yeah, what are you guys' reactions? <laughs> well, first, tov means good, I presume? Yes. So tov is the Hebrew from Genesis when God makes the world. Um, in those seven days, and he each day ends it by saying, Tov, this is fully good. I thought this was interesting to me because I personally have been exploring this idea of a social trinity where God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit form like the first ever community and how they relate and react and all have these different roles to play and how we kind of model those on the earth together as like a community of God. And so I think it's interesting because not like not one of them is more important than the other they all hold like equal power so to say but they all can't do any of it without each other yeah I like how you shared that like the social um 
God, how God is social, like with himself. Cause, um, like I was thinking about that when we were just, you know, getting our resources together, like in Genesis, when it's talking about creation, like you were saying, he says, let us make mankind in our image and like, let us make it mankind in our image. Like there us in our art, that's a little community right there. And so, yeah, just exactly what you were saying that we model that community down here. And I think that's like a huge part of why we were created is to, you know, reflect those relationships and just reflect a lot of the things that God wanted for the earth. And I think we do that in community together. We're just reflecting who God is, the original community. I mean, think about like, I think we're all Christians on this podcast and I don't know about you guys, so please answer for me. But whenever I think about Jesus, I never just think about him. I think about the 12 that like were with him. Like I always think about Jesus as a part of like a community. I don't think of him by himself. (laughs) Yeah, he's almost, I mean, I can't think, there's like very few examples of where he's alone and then like if he is alone, usually somebody is going to come up next to him in a minute. So Yeah, or like, he's, he's alone with God when he's alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, so, is yeah. he ever really alone? <laughs> <laughs> All the introverts at home are cringing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one thing that strikes me from that, from that story is the... Um, I, I guess I guess it's just a really novel way to think about creation. Like, as like, a bunch of people hanging out together and being like, yeah, that's a cool idea. Let's do that. Right? Yeah. Because that's basically what our church has been, right? We're like oh a bunch gosh. of <laughs> we're a bunch of weirdos hanging out together and someone's got a good idea and we're like, yeah, let's do that, right? Like that's what and that's what I I definitely aspire to, right? Like um well, our last podcast was on creativity, right? And what we're just talking about there is the inherent creativity of God in that space where God's like, yeah, like, let's just come up with these ideas. And people are like, yeah, let's do it. And they bring different things to the table, which I think is really interesting as well. So yeah, just like one, the, the fact that that's what the Trinity is like, and we're supposed to be reflections of, of God. And we all are just trying to get into rooms and hang out together and, and come up with ideas, especially in light of like what Kathy has kind of pivoted us towards where we're trying to have everyone preach. We're trying to figure out what, what's the best way to use digital space, right? Like, I think that's a really cool grounding foundational model for us of like, let's just get in a room, hang out together, come up with good ideas and try it. That's basically what happened in creation, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I love that they had them having a meal together. Like they were sitting down to a meal and they brought up something they'd heard the father think about earlier. And of course you guys were going off on this story that has like, this is, there's no, this is not in script. Like some of this is in scripture. Some of this is not. <laughs> this is someone's like playful, you know, idea of what happened before we happened. Um, right. But I think that it's so interesting because that's kind of like how it happens. Like Bianca and I got together um, with Jordan Monday night in community. And we like sat around a table at Harlem Tavern and had some nice conversation. And we just dreamed together of like, what would it look like to care for singles in the city? I just think our church really allows people to just dream about what would it look like. And then someone else like picks up the ball and is like, oh, I know what that would look like. And it just kind of like keeps like throwing the ball back and forth until we're like, oh, look, it's a whole church. Well, one thing I would draw away from from the story, right? Because the story is more allegorical or metaphorical than literal, of course. Like, I mean, maybe maybe God, like, we don't know. Maybe God drank like fifth dimensional wine and had fifth dimensional wheel, meals with, with them. Like, I don't know. Like, But like th- those are mysteries that are not that important. But the thing I think I do draw away from it is that there's a shared experience that they have. 
they're all together having a shared experience and out of their shared experience, something comes out that's beautiful, which is ultimately creation. Um, the other thing I think that, that stands out to me too is the is that they are united, they are unified, right, in their purpose and their and their their togetherness, but they're also unique. I mean, I'm just like thinking about the way that I ponder God, um, and for me, like I, I really value the way that other people see and feel and experience and hear. I don't know if you can smell God, but <laughs> all of the senses about the other, like the the way people in our church experience Him. I crave the thing about COVID that has been so hard is not being able to sit in a room and listen to someone else's experience about God because I glean and grow so much from hearing anyone else's experience other than my own. Um, and I really like cherish that. I mean, I'm like tearing up thinking about, <laughs> about it. Cause I just really like, I want to know, like, wh how, what do you, what do you call God when you pray? <laughs> um, like, what is your prayer like? You know, and it allows me to inform myself on how God is made known to you. Cause I really feel like there's just, God is like secretly revealing himself to each of us. And there's like a puzzle that we bring to this massive game board and we put it all together and there's something really beautiful. Yeah, going off of what you guys both said, I one of the key thoughts that I had when just preparing for this podcast was that we need to have, in our community, we need to have variety and diversity. Just like hearing how people are experiencing God, hearing what their goals are, and then thinking how we can work together to reach our common goal. Because yeah, we all, we're all Christians and we want to share Jesus with others. We want, we want to glorify God, right? Like we've got like some like common goals, but then our group, especially like all of us creatives, we've all got like so many different ideas happening, but I think it's so good because we're going to be able to reach a lot of people, but we need to also figure out like the best way to fortify each of those avenues, you know? Yeah. What's it going to look like as we grow? What is it going to, how is, how are we making space for new voices to enter our community and have the same amount of, um, Brene Brown says something about this where you feel like you have, I don't know the word for it, but basically where you, there's not too much of a hierarchical difference and power difference so that the person that's entering can actually risk speaking their ideas. I think that does bring to mind one of the things that I see, I'm really curious about like right now, um, across the board for any organization, right? Most of the time, how you how it works in the regular in regular life and like in the world is we're gonna have the people with the most experience who've been tenured the longest. That's the people who are making the major decisions, right? And then you have a bunch of people below who are executing those decisions and and and, and things like that, right? And that's something that I think is really interesting because right now um, we've. Regardless of all the things, everything else that's happened in the world, whether it's true like last year, right now, we're in an unprecedented time where all the experience is potentially the least relevant and the most important it's ever been at the same time. Like we need all of their experience, but they also we also need all that experience to to shift in a fundamental way because like we're not going to meet in person in church for who knows how long. And so like all the expertise we have, we have to shift it in some ways and shapes and forms. And um, who can shift the, 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 the new things, it's often young people and new people, right? Um, there's a balance between that person who is invested in the community but has a new perspective that can really help things grow. And like, how are we going to like value those same people who come into our church that way? I don't know. Like, what, what, what is the structure that lets us do that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's my question. How do we empower the voice of the new person um, to have the same playing ground as those who've been here while also protecting the community. 
I think it starts with just inviting that new person to the community, like bringing them to the table with us and starting with conversations, just like hearing their perspective, sharing our own values and our perspective and, you know, seeing if we each feel like it's going to fit together and then we're going to bring in new people. We want them to have their perspective. We want to share it with them or they want, we want them to share with us and just make sure that they know we want to hear your perspective and kind of go from there. I I can think of, that makes me think of, um, I church hopped a little bit um, throughout uh, actually, since I left high school, I started church hopping because I was with my parents and now I was no longer with my parents. I don't, I'm not forced to go to a church, right? So I, I j- jumped around and um, I knew that I, if I was going to be a part of a church, I would like to be involved in some way, shape or form, be in a leadership position at some point, help, help do stuff, right? And I can think of the ways um, that I was, I was in all of those church spaces. Um, there was not a space or there was not a time when someone was like, hey, like, how do you feel like church is going? Like, what would you like? What would you like to see at this church? Like all that sort of stuff. Those questions weren't even asked. I don't think for me personally. Um, and I know. Um, I but I, I also recognize, right? Like there were some people who were new, who fit the mold of the church, right? The quote unquote. And they were asked, "What do you think?" Right? Um, and when they asked, were asked, "What do you think?" They said, "Oh, I think we're going great." Right? Because they fit the mold. Right? Uh, and I think that's something that is quite interesting, but also something that I would love to avoid. If we're talking about that uniqueness and a diversity and variety of perspective, I think we need to see and hear those other people. I can speak to that when I first came to Hope Midtown and met Kathy, and I'm now at Nomad. But um, I came to Midtown after living in New York for maybe two months, and I got plugged into Kathy's home group, the um, creatives group that she was having at her apartment. And it was my first time going there. She and I just had like a little conversation before the rest of the group got there. And, you know, we talked about how um, we both had acting experience and um, we just kind of talked about like some church experience that we both had. And she just immediately was like, oh, on Monday, we're going to have a another meeting over here for the worship community. Do you want to come to that and just see if, you know, there's anything you could contribute to that? And I was like, Oh, okay. Like you just met me and you're already inviting me to another meeting for input. Like you just met me. Okay. Already giving me a voice. Great. I just felt like making the connection with the worship community. Then I was able to just be able to learn more and get plugged in with other people at the church. And yeah, I feel like Kathy was able to plug me in very quickly and just like saw value in me when she first met me. I think that's something that we should be able to bring to the table for other people too, is just to see that value that, you know, God sees in each one of us. And we should be able to recognize that in other people and bring them into the community that way. I mean, Bianca, I definitely had a similar experience. Um, I didn't have that experience as fast with our community because I did have that experience with my new job with InterVarsity in New York City coming from Georgia, but I didn't have that experience as fast with the Nomad community because I felt like I was a plus one almost like I wasn't necessarily invited to the party, but I just was at the party because I was the first lady, you know, not the, not the first lady, (laughs) but in our world, it's so hard to enter a community when you're not sure about yourself. Um, and you don't know like your role. Like I think the father, the son and the Holy spirit are so good at being in community together because they know exactly who they are. And so they can just walk into any community and be fully themselves. Um, but when you're a human, you don't always know exactly like who you are and what space. 
hard to like learn that. So I think during this time, it was like very important for me to break bread and have meals so that I could get to know who you guys were. And then even though I didn't know who I was yet, I could realize, you know, where I might fit in and who I might be in that community. Yeah. So if I hear you, perhaps one thing that like I could hear in that is um, grounding yourself in who you are is really important for community. Like in order to be a part of the community, people need to know who they are and then who, who which, which will help the group understand its own collective identity, I guess, and what, where people fit in yeah, that collective identity. And I would also say that it's good to have a community that is welcoming and loving because there are times when all of us will not know who we are and we will need a safe space um, to come and figure out who we are in this new moment. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. As the tears okay. stream down my face. Hey, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Um, I do think one thing that Kathy has modeled for us very well is um, I, I, she had done her work, right? She had vetted me a little bit. So she knew I wasn't some crazy, crazy iconoclastic, re rebellious, like satanic worshiper or something. We had dinner and like maybe about two thirds of the way through the dinner, um, I share my poetry workshop, writing workshop idea with her. And she's like, yes, let's do this. Um, and, and I think that um, in that way, I think Kathy modeled what Jesus does when she, she, he calls the disciples, right? He says, hey, I see you and I see that what you can do, come follow me, right? Like, let's do this, right? Um, and that like dignity of, um, and like that calling out of gifts and talents and that recognition of those things is super, super healing. It's very powerful. Um, and it immediately engenders me to community and trust and makes it a much safer space, right? Like, it's, that's what I also heard in your story, right, Bianca? Like, like there's this moment where Kathy's like, hey, like, you want to come? I want to hear what you have to say, right? Um, and that is not often, right, like the way that other spaces work, where it's like, all right, here's your directive, here's what we're doing, we're going to do this, 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 this. Once you get promoted, right, then that's when we want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think a way that I've seen, like, I really think that it's like a toxicity of like probably colonialism enter the churches that I've been a part of in the past is that there are these major systems set up and we're just looking for volunteers who fit our systems. And if they don't fit our systems, then we don't want them to volunteer or we need to change them to fit our systems. Whereas like what I've experienced in our new community is like, what is your heartbeat? What, how has God created you? What is important to you? Um, how has he uniquely gifted you? And then, okay, let's find a place and find people who are also uniquely gifted in that way. And you don't have to stay like married to that idea, but let's let's help you birth that idea. And if it survives, we'll nourish it. If it doesn't survive, we'll mourn with you and we'll figure out a new idea for you to birth. <laughs> well, forgive me for my sports metaphor, but like th this makes me think of um, multiple different um, like iterations of, of sports teams where uh, professional sports teams where you hear the coach say like people like these writers will say this coach adapts his system and his schemes to the talent as opposed to have it the talent fit into his scheme right and that's a huge huge thing like so i think i'm a patriots fan i love the patriots they're ter like everybody hates the new england patriots but like that's what they do they they, they say all right like we're gonna put we're gonna put these people. We're gonna ask you to do what you do well. We're not gonna th think about what you can't do. We're gonna think about what you can do. We're gonna put you in a position to do what you can do well, right? And then we're gonna train you. So hopefully your 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 weaknesses will be shored up as well. How are our systems actually helping 
our people as opposed to how do our people help our systems, right? That's a huge, huge point, I think, that I'm, that I'm drawing away from what you just said. Well, yeah, also, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking, oh, well, duh, Ariana, like that is Jesus. All of the systems of the time said, you're the king and this is what the king does. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to wash your feet. <laughs> And Jesus, the king, got down on the floor and washed people's feet, um, which slaves didn't even have to do, you know? So there's this idea of the new structure. Um, And I like to say the returning structure. I feel like we're going back to something that should have always been. So Kyle, as you were sharing about adapting our systems versus adapting our people, we can really hurt and traumatize and ruin um, our fellow humans by putting them into positions in our community that they were never meant to serve in or be. Um, And like, we're accountable for that. And I feel like I remember that quote from EHS or that story from the daily office where um, there was an eagle who, whose egg dropped from the nest and he was raised among the chickens. And he always would look at eagles flying and think, oh, I could soar like that. And the chickens looked at him and said, but you can't because you're a chicken. And so he died living his whole life thinking he was a chicken when in reality, someone just needed to tell him to fly. Oh yeah, that one, that one, that one, I remember that EHS Daily Office because I read that Daily Office when I was also reading this children's book called The Bear That Wasn't, where there's a little bear who wakes up and he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go do my bear thing. And then a guy comes and says, hey, you're not a bear, you're a really, really hairy dude, come work in my factory, right? And he keeps going to the factory and the factory over and over. And he starts, he, st- he keeps complaining to all the higher ups and the higher ups and the higher ups. And they keep telling him, no, you're just a really hairy dude. Come on, work in the factory. And it's only when he, le- he, he, he realizes, nope, I'm a bear. I need to go hibernate. It's the winter time that he actually is able to find peace, joy, and happiness. Wow. Um, There's so much to unpack there. That's like teaching oh. our children about like domestic violence and gaslighting and so much. It is it like literally this book made me cry. Like I was so upset. I was so like moved and like disturbed and like in a holy way by this book. But like that's totally like what we're talking about, right? Our, is, is our church a factory that's going to pump out people who who say this or vote for that or like can have these skill sets? Like that's not what Jesus does, right? Like for sure. Like we're not here to pump out people that can fit into our widget right? Or into our, into our machine or like Christian machine. Like that's not what we're trying to build. You know, I just feel like God forgive us like from where we maybe have done this so far. Like mm-hmm. I feel like as a community, maybe this is like giving us a call to action to practice examining our church together as a community and saying, what, where are the structures where we may be forcing people into positions that they're not called to be in? And how do we break those structures down? I will also say this book transition to what do we do now as a church? I think this is a great, that's a great segue. One thing I've been thinking about that I've been unashamedly talking about with like everybody now is um, not only are we doing it adapt to our people, but we got to adapt it to our world, right? If, if we are, have a great, 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 great system for driving a car across the country, but we're now in a boat, right? We should probably come up with some different protocols and systems, right? If, if we're in a boat versus a car, there's, there's, there's are two different vehicles in two different environments, right? There's some similarities. They're both transportation vehicles. They both have a steering wheel. They both have an engine, right? But there's some pretty fundamental differences from driving a boat on the water and driving a car on the road. Um, and we're definitely in a boat now, as opposed to in the, being in a car. We were in a car and now we're in a boat. We're, AKA we're online, we're in digital ministry. In, in light of that new environment, 
how do you think some of the systems and things that were in place should change? Or what are our action steps? Um, perhaps like what you just said, Ariana, I, there's a call for even repentance for us to repent of the ways that we're trying to fit people into boxes instead of um, like creating boxes for them to play in. I don't think I have an answer for this, but I, I just think right now is just going to be full of trial and error. And I think we need to be okay with that. Like, um, I know Ariana and our resources that we were talking, you said community means failure is okay and holding each other in that. And I think that's going to be a lot of what we're experiencing right now, just because we're in such a new season and we're going to have to try new things like, yeah, Kyle, we're in a boat now. So we need to start doing things that are going to work for being in our online boat. I think we just need to try to figure out like, what's making me feel most connected and try to maybe like put that into the church platform and Kyle, what's making you feel most connected to people, putting that input into our format. And then we all drink wine and shout toe when we get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that means sure. we're coming up North to the, to the winery here for pasta night, right? I mean, I mean, there are worse things we could do you know, in our lives. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, well, um, that will that can wrap up our podcast for the day. Thanks so much, guys, for coming on. And we'll be listening to this. Hopefully, it'll be cut down to like 35 minutes. And we'll all take a listen and chat about it at our next leadership meeting. Um, what? Yeah, once again, this is our super untitled podcast that we haven't figured out a name for. And we have Ariana, Bianca, and me, Kyle, all chatting about community today. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time, which will be probably next month. Exciting, exciting. Maybe by then, we'll come up with a title. <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of our project. Maybe not. We'll come up with a title eventually. Alright, thanks guys.